Hi my loves, welcome or welcome back to another episode of In the Rough with Miyaki. I am super excited for this one. This is the 46th episode of our podcast so far and it is the episode that closes off 2022 as a year for us and it has been an amazing year there have been lessons you know i'm just grateful for all the relationships people that i met this year i'm grateful for all the things that the holy spirit has been able to teach me as a person i am grateful for growth for our podcast community and just for every one of you listening to me right now i am sure that the way you started 2022 is not the way you are going to end it i mean you may not be where you have expected yourself to be at this time of the year but i am very sure that you are not where you were at the beginning and that is growth to be honest progress can be measured variably you know it can be measured you know in different ways and as long as you're taking a step it doesn't matter if at certain points you've had to be stagnant it doesn't matter if at certain points you're falling back but the main thing is that you have taken a step you know and what did you say about taking one step at a time and what they say about a single drop of water making the mighty ocean um i hope that you have had an amazing month so far december has been amazing so far i hope that um you are okay this is the point where i where i ask how are you my friend <laughs> how are you my friend i hope you're having an amazing day i hope that these past few weeks have been the best for you i mean it has been for me it has been for us as a community <laughs> and i'm super grateful for that today's episode holds a lot of lessons it holds a lot of shall i say information personal information <laughs> today i'm going to be speaking about the lessons that 2022 have taught me and there are 22 of them I think if I search deeper, or I know that if I search deeper, I will find more lessons. But I said 22 lessons that Jesus has taught me just so, you know, it will rhyme or something like that. I don't know if you get the vibe, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm trying not to make this podcast really long. So I'm going to just go right into it and, you know, just give you all of the tea. Because this content is really contenting and I'm here for it. <laughs> so yes, 22 lessons that 2022 taught me. The first lesson that I learned is that seek ye first the kingdom of God is not an advice. Um, when the Bible said seek ye first the kingdom of God um, and every other thing will be added unto you. It actually wasn't an advice and i feel like most of us take it as an advice it is a commandment it is the same way that the bible said do not kill it's the same way that the bible said um don't steal love your neighbor as yourself that is the same way seek ye first the kingdom of god sounds is an instruction and one thing about instructions is that it comes off as if it's a choice it's either you do it or you don't and then not doing it comes with you know all of these consequences that are not explicitly stated what did i say they are not explicitly stated <laughs> god english you know um so i just learned over time this year that if i do not seek first the kingdom of god then no other thing will be added to me i don't have a choice i have if i want to have other things if i if i want to enjoy the benefits of koinonia with god and with the holy spirit i have to learn to seek first the kingdom of god 
is him. And that's what you're supposed to do. Seek first the kingdom of God. That was the first lesson that I learned. And it has been helping me so far. Because in everything that I've been doing this year, I have I have noticed or I have I have, you know, been intentional about making sure that it is about God first, that I'm putting God first, that I am saying, What will Jesus do? That I'm putting Jesus first, you know, it's been about all of that. Um and I hope that you learn to do that as well if you're not doing that already. <laughs> The second lesson I have learned this year is it is totally okay to ask for help. Um, over time, I have stifled myself in the cage of independence. You know, I don't want people to see my weakness. I don't want people to know that, oh, I can't do this. I don't want people to know that I can't afford this. I don't want I don't want to ask for help, um, for help from anybody because I don't want anybody to maybe look down on me or do something. I don't even know the exact reason, but there are a lot of reasons, Sha, you know, um, I just learned this year that I was dulling myself. I was doing myself because really it is very, very okay to ask for help. You're never meant to do anything on your own because you can't, you can't have everything all figured out and you can't, you know, put the burden of, you know, all of your needs and problems on your shoulders alone. You, you were not made to be independent. If you're not depending on your parents at a point, you depend on your spouse, you depend on your siblings. There are people that God have put in your life to help you through life. And you have to identify those people. If you're scared of backstabbing, you have to ask the Holy Spirit for help, for discernment. And then you discern the kind of people you speak to and the kind of people you ask help from. So ask for help when your strength is not holding enough. Ask for strength when you don't have all the answers. Ask for help. You know, help is available. All you need to do is just look for it and then you find it and it's going to make your life easier. It has made my life easier. Talking to people, asking people for help has made so much easier for me this year. Um, the third thing that I learned this year is that vulnerability is a key strength. There is so much strength in acknowledging your emotions. There's so much strength in being open about them and letting others see, you know, that openness. I, I strongly believe that vulnerability shows that you can be in control of your own space regardless of outward influences. When you're vulnerable enough to let people see your true emotions, then you are fully in control. And it's ironical because people say that vulnerability is weakness and vulnerability is foolishness because then people can take advantage of you. But no, people cannot take advantage of you when you are vulnerable because then you are in control you know what you need to do you know what your emotions are saying at that particular time and then you can know how to handle them and navigate them so vulnerability is a key strength and it is a key leadership trait because by the time you can be open with your shall i say followers by the time you can be open with your teammates with other people then you'll be able to you know navigate relationships really well because then you know when this is enough and when this is not enough so yes vulnerability has helped me a lot this year i have said no more this year to the things that i can't afford the kind of relationships i can't afford the kind of friendships i can't afford you know the kind just everything i've been able to say no more and i've seen how that has helped me grow i've grown so much you know because i have accepted those um, emotions and i've learned to be open about them 
um, the first thing is that your mistakes are more valid than you think. They may have messed you up real bad, but they play a key role in how your life comes about. You know, your mistakes influence how you respond to familiar circumstances. And mostly, you learn to appreciate second chances. If you do not make mistakes, you just never know what to do next. I think in simple terms and in clear terms, that's just what it is. If you do not make mistakes, you don't know what step to take next. You just keep going and keep going and you think that you're getting it right even when you're getting it all wrong. Mistakes are valid. They are more valid than you think. There are a lot of mistakes that we have messed up your life really bad that when you think about them, you are eating up or you're inside and you're saying, God, how can I heal from this? How can I heal? But it is valid because then you you go through um, a similar circumstance the next time and then you know what not to do you know and then you can appreciate the fact that you had a chance to you know make it right you know so mistakes are very valid do not beat yourself down for the mistakes that you've made in the past because then they have a you know key role in influencing your future and even your present I tell myself most times that if not because of the mistakes that I'd made in the past, I wouldn't be where I am now. I won't be doing the things that I'm doing now. I won't be in the relationships that I'm in now. I wouldn't know how to relate to people and how not to relate with certain people. I wouldn't know all of that if not because of how I'd done it in the past that, you know, didn't seem right. And so I learned from those things. So the important thing is learning from your mistakes and not letting them beat you up, right? right <laughs> the fifth thing i learned this year is that charity begins at home actually means that you have to love yourself first in simple terms you cannot pour from an empty cup the only amount of love that you can give is how much you understand yourself how much love you've allowed yourself to experience the term hurt people hurts people is very true you are most likely to sabotage other people when you self-sabotage when you see yourself as um, a weakling when you see yourself as less of a person you are most likely to see other people as less of people and then you end up you know doing hurtful things to them you know so you have to love yourself first before you can even love members of your own family you know so you see people who hate their family members take a look at it they hate themselves as well if you ask them what's going on there's something going on on their inside take them to therapy and you will be shocked are the kind of things that they are going to reveal to you so when they say charity begins at home you are your first home you know you are your first project you have to first work on yourself before you can even try to go out there so you can only give out love when you have enough of it to give out right so yes the sixth thing I learned this year is that not only you waka komo, but no be only you go waka go. As you continue to discover purpose and you know understand God's calling for your life, you will see that there are thousands, thousands of lives that are attached to yours. It is a defined mandate that you leave Earth with souls connected to yours. I mean. I'm not saying you are going to die all at the same time, like um, the way it is in the vampire world. You know, all the vampires that you sired when you die, they all die. Abby, <laughs> no, it's not like that. You, you, you all don't have to die at the same time, but die, leave the earth, knowing that you, that um, people became because you became. You understand? Do you understand that line? That people be, 
became better versions of people have become better versions of themselves because you have become because you have evolved you know as you come into the earth there is a mandate attached to your existence to your purpose and as christians as children of god there is one mandate that oversees all of it so irregardless irrespective of your um of your talents, of your gifts, everything that you have, everything that you do revolves around that mandate, you know. And so, yes, now only you waka come, but no be only you go waka go. So you're supposed to live your life understanding that your life is not just for you alone. You have to know that the way you came is not the way you're supposed to go back. It's not how you should go back, you know. Um, the seventh thing that I learned this year is that you can actually change the world if you dare to. Um, there is nowhere your zeal will not take you. It shows how possible impossibilities are. Where you dare to take a step, the remaining steps are in view and they never look easy, but it starts with a dare. You know, you can actually do whatever you put your mind to. And I wish that I learned this sooner. I wish, I really wish that I learned this sooner that whether I like what I'm doing or not, whether what I'm doing does not seem, you know, like what I should be doing at the point if i dare to do it and do it well i will if i dare to take it on i i can take it on and i can do it well i learned that this year and it has helped me a lot you know um and i'm just super grateful for that um the eighth thing that i learned this year is that you can't be anything while being independent of god's help it may look like you can because a lot of other people make it look easy people who do not follow god but if you're not following god then you're following another person so i mean that that person is one that is sponsoring their you know the other person that i'm talking about (laughs) i don't have to say it out loud but you really can't be anything while being independent of god's help there are frustrations and hardships that you can only scale through with the help of god in fact you can walk all you can but speed and favor It comes from a single source. It comes from Yah. There is nowhere else you can get some sort of graces from, some sort of favor from. You see some things unfolding in your life and you're asking yourself, how did this come about? How is it possible that I'm I'm able to scale through this, that I'm able to do this? It's because you are not independent of God's help. God is helping you and he's showing you mercy. And it's a very important, you know, thing. If you do not have the help of God, hey, it would be very hard for you to scale through certain things in life. And I've learned that a lot this year. I've seen how God's help has killed me from ah from grass to grace you know i mean we're still going we're still going step by step with the holy spirit each day but i've seen god's help in my life and i'm just super grateful for that and i live with this lesson every day now when i begin to think that i can be independent of god's help that god just catapults me back oh he just uses this and i reset my brain <laughs> because i really can't be anything without his help the nice thing that i learned this year is that when you claim to love god for the things that you can get from him you actually get nothing well, you, you might get something. You will get something initially because then, I mean, but then you leave after getting it. And so there is no maintenance. There is no grace for maintenance. You know, you receive the grace to have, but you do not, you have not received the grace to maintain because you were only there to have, not to be able to maintain. And then you lose it. So when you lose it, what happens next? You, your life keeps going in circles. You keep coming back to have, and then you can't maintain, and then you lose it, and then you come back until you learn. That if you claim that you're loving God because of the things that you can get from him, then <laughs> it's sorry for you. <laughs> the tenth thing that I learned this year is that that other people seem to have it all doesn't mean that they have it all. 
you should count your blessings and name them one by one because you see people outside living lavish lives living people never have it all together people never don't just take this that's just the truth and, and i've learned that this year for the most part um before now in fact before this year i'd learned i'd not that i'd learned but i'd i'd looked at people's life i've seen people living like um should i say my dream life i've seen people living in realities that i that i've wanted to live in or that i want to live in that i expect to live in and i just feel like ah, these people man you guys heaven on earth but when you get closer you will see that ah, there is more to this and actually meets the eye people do not always have it all together people never have it all together you know um so do not trade your blessings for another person's blessings in clear terms do not be jealous of other people's blessings it's irrelevant it's unnecessary you will just eat yourself up and you will just kill yourself before your time <laughs> the 11th thing that i learned this year is that those in glass houses do not throw stones there's a reason god said we should judge not let him that is without sin be the first to cast a stone right basically i think that you shouldn't even judge a person's sin because you yourself have the ability to commit that same sin as human beings we have the ability to sin so just because of that just because you know that you have the ability to sin then you should not judge another person you know there are lots of things that we've said i can never do this too i mean you can relate to that right that you end up doing even more of and you see other people you know maybe some ladies doing something like, ah i can never do this but when one level of hits you your mind you may not actually do it but you might actually think about it so just because you've even thought about doing it is enough reason for you to know that i have the ability to do this thing in the first place you know so while you are trying to be morally upright while you're trying to please god in everything that you do always remember that those in glass houses do not throw stones and that has helped me i've looked at people and i've learned to see that i might i'm not perfect and other people are not perfect as well so while you're trying to be moral and you're living with the help of the holy spirit to live a good life a holy life pray for people um intercede for people but then don't go around judging people because it really doesn't help the 12th thing that i've learned this year is that what will be might not always be at least not in the ways that we expect it to be sometimes you have to chase you have to you know go after a lot of things you know um kesera sera no go always sera i know you've seen that thing flying around but kesera sera no go always sera so you should just you know live with the realities of life you 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 know what i mean when you were 16 you saw it by 24 you saw yourself having a master's degree married with two kids you know but you're here now at 27 you're still trying to have your master's you know you know so just have that in mind <laughs> number 13 you don't go through difficult times because god wants you to suffer it is so that you can understand how much you need god so initially when i started experiencing difficulties properly as a human being i thought that god just wanted me to suffer but as time went on especially this year and i had grown in my relationship with god i'd seen that difficulties are only there to expose the things that are in our hearts and the only way that we can face our fears and do something about them is when these things are exposed and so we need difficulties to stretch us we need difficulties to bring these things out and then with the help of god we can fight them and you know like i said difficulties help us to understand how much of god we need to see that we can't actually live independent of god's help you know um number 14 hurts 
rejection, disappointment, all of these three are dynamics of human behavior and people projecting that should not make you ruin your life with unforgiveness. I have harbored unforgiveness. I have carried unforgiveness and I know how that feels. And so this lesson is a big one for me. When people hurt you, when people reject you, when people disappoint you, it's a, it's a dynamic that in all human relationship you know it is a dynamic so do not allow your life to be ruined with unforgiveness when you understand that negativity is part of the territory that comes with human relationships you will learn that forgiveness is actually not a choice if you want to lead a great christian life forgiveness is even more for yourself than it is for your offenders i'm sure you know that already (laughs) number 15 rome was not built in a day You have all of these wonderful ideas and visions about your life, about how your life will be in the next five years, but it still looks like the foundation will take a million years to be completed. Sometimes we feel like we have these confirmations and so we should just, you know, wake up and step into them. The amount of work you need to put into building the kind of life that God has promised you is crazy, crazy. And the way you work, the commitment and determination you have to put into all that building will play a huge role in determining when and how it will be built. You know, so yes, Rome was a really big city, the biggest, but it wasn't built in a day. Your life, the dream life, the kind of life that God has promised you cannot be built in a day. You have to put in work. You have a vision. You have a plan. You have to put in work. So the amount of work that you're willing to put into your life determines that. So I had to learn because God had prom- God has promised me a lot of things and I'm still living in manifestation of those promises. But I had to learn that because God has promised it doesn't mean it will just fall on me. You know, from heaven, he will just drop it. No, I have to pray towards it. I have to ask for help for it and I have to work, you know, to show that I'm deserving of attaining those promises, right? Yes, number 16, finishing well is the most important part of your story. We remember Judas for being the bad egg, you know, and even when we talk about him being a disciple of Jesus, we say it as, hmm, and imagine that he was one of the closest people to Jesus, so, and yet, you know, all because he didn't finish well. So when we talk about how he started well, it is with disgust and, you know, anger, because at the end, it, all of it did not matter. How can you work with Jesus and your life will end up like that? But then when we remember Paul for being one of the greatest, and even when we talk about him being once a persecutor and murderer, we say it as, "Hmm." and even though he was the worst of sinners, his life remains the perfect example. Why? All because he finished well. So when when we refer to his past, you know, of him being a murderer and persecutor, it's like, wow. And he was able to scale through all of that. Do you understand the drifts? <laughs> the parts of your story that are disgusting don't matter as long as you have found the right path and you're on your way to finishing well. Don't focus on those past things. They are things that easily beset. They are weights that can easily beset you. Don't focus on them and don't let them hinder you from working your work because at the end of the day, it's really not going to matter. It doesn't matter to God. Most importantly, your past does not matter to God. What God wants from you is to work with him, is to work in the right path. And once you've acknowledged your sins and you've confessed them, and you have, you know, found direction in the Holy Spirit, then that matters to God. And so you shouldn't worry about it, you know, mattering to anybody else, especially not to you yourself. You know, let your focus be on finishing well. (laughs) Number 17, your life gravitates towards your strongest thoughts and emotions. Earl Nightingale said in his book, Think and Grow Rich, that you are what you think about. It is easy. 
whatever you dwell upon grows when you dwell upon the negative aspects of your life because all of us have negative so when you dwell upon the negative aspects of your life those negative attributes develop because that is all you think about and then they become the things that you work towards becoming more of unconsciously you don't even know that you're doing it but then you're doing it you're projecting negativity when you don't even know you're being negative to be very honest but just because you dwell on those aspects of your life that is what you end up you know thinking about all the time and then doing but when you dwell on the positives, whether they are existent, whether they are tangible or not, you easily develop positive habits that will, you know, help you make those positive thoughts tangible. For instance, you are not as rich as you want to be yet. But the reason why you are working the way you are working, you're working as hard as you're working, is because you constantly think of yourself as a rich person. You constantly think about the life that you want to have. And then you're, you're easily developing positive habits and, you know, the right mindset towards work and money that will help you build that kind of life. So you get the drift, right? Your life gravitates towards your strongest thoughts and emotions. <laughs> Number 18, the more you panic or worry over a situation the more you lose control over it um this one is a big lesson for me as well because i have to be the queen of worry right (laughs) i'm really working on it i promise you your mind is a battlefield and so when certain situations arise especially the ones that are beyond your control it is normal for your mind to you know juggle them and all of that but the more you worry over them the more your mind juggles i don't know if you've thought about it the more you're worrying the faster your mind works it's like um um particles you know when you're heating them up as the heat is increasing the vibration is you know increasing that's the way it works in your mind so the more you're worrying the higher the intensity of the vibration of your thoughts in your mind you know and then the more you can't get control of them the more you lose control of them because the more they have before you know this it begins to boil and then begins to evaporate and then you are just you know you don't even know what's happening to you you can't control it before you know it's anxiety before you know it's depression before you know it you know your life is just falling apart right before your eyes and you don't even know you know how to control it right so that is why these circumstances are situations that you cannot control so the best thing to do is to leave it to the one who can actually control them you know who that is right <laughs> you know who that is um number 19 you must stop if you want to conquer you must stop if you want to conquer whatever it is um you must go down to bring something down in fights when you have to you know um bring a person down you have to go down you can't bring a person down while standing it's not possible when there's something when there's a load on your head that you want to offload before you can be you have to stoop you have to squat you have to kneel you know anything at all if you want to bring down a bully you have to become a bully yourself it doesn't necessarily have to be in a negative sense but you have to compromise something and that compromise is stooping down right so for the battles that you cannot control with your physical strength you have to attain a level of humility a level of brokenness and you have to bend in prayer you are stooping to conquer in prayer so you have more strength when you stoop you have more strength when you bend and in this case it is humility humility builds more strength than we can imagine humility will open doors for you eh, that you will never imagine i promise you ah try it good let me not dwell on this (laughs) but humility is a key strength it has so much strength so much power and so you wonder why the bible emphasizes on humility right it has so much power so you have to stop if you want to conquer you have to know when you have to bend you have to know when you have to kneel you have to know when you have to go down for you to conquer whatever it is 
Number 20, it is not your responsibility to bring out the good in people. When people consistently give you, you know, reasons to not let them in your space, do not let them in. You can't, you can't change people. I think that's the best way to put this. And a lot of us just end up in a lot of toxic relationships and friendships because we feel like we can't change people. You can't change people. When people consistently give you, you know, negativity and constantly show you that I can't be in your space, don't let them in your space. You can love people from afar. You can intercede for people from afar. You can pray for people. You don't have to be up close and personal. It is very important for you to protect your, your personal space. And that includes, you know, distancing yourself from people who consistently emit negative energy. It doesn't matter if you grew up with these people, childhood friends, whatever. But for the sake of your growth, for the sake of the place places that you're going to step into, there are certain relationships that you must cut off, the ones that are not good for your soul there are certain things that you can tolerate and there's things that you should not even think about tolerating you know so at the end of the day it boils down to discernment you just have to be discerning and know the kind of relationships that are worth keeping and i hope that god really gives you the wisdom to navigate that because this is a very sensitive area you know talking about relationships and friendships and cutting people off you know and you know moving on and all that it is very sensitive and it is only you you know that can discern enough to know who is worth keeping and who isn't and that is going to help you a lot the lesser friends you have the better it is for you i know you've heard this before but actually the lesser friends you have the better it is for you the more friends you have friends when i talk about friends i'm talking about people you talk about i'm talking about acquaintances i'm talking about friends the more friends you have the more problem you have okay (laughs) number 21 you have to be desperate enough for healing to get it you have to you know work out your own healing and i know how that sounds you know but you have to work the work there are things that you have to do there are prayers you have to pray there are certain things you have to do to be able to get the kind of healing that you want is there healing at the cross yes there is but you have to work towards walking to the cross to get it you can acknowledge that you need healing but if you don't try to get it you won't Wallowing in self-pity does not cut it. There's grace and there's healing at the throne. But you have to take yourself there. You have to do anything, you know, to get there. You understand? So, um, yes, you have to be desperate enough for healing to get it. Drum roll, drum roll. Number 22 and the final lesson. Time does not heal all wounds. I had an entire episode about this. And if you've you've not listened to that episode, please listen to it. The title is, Does Time Really Heal All Wounds? Time does not heal all wounds, especially when you're grieving, when you're trying to move on from something. Because when you're grieving, you know, the memories fade with time. You know, you've lost somebody in 10 years time. you You will hardly remember what that person felt like, what that person smiled like. Um, how that person smelt, you know, you will, you will forget it. You will, your memories will begin to fade and it is painful because you're trying to hold on to them. So the reason why people fall out of love, if you notice eventually, is because over time they've grown apart. There is no communication, no memories, all of that. So all of the memories that they've had before is fading you know they're all fading and so you're forgetting what it feels like to be with that person and time does not help you put that together you have to find closure you know time has nothing to do with your healing it makes it worse most times especially when it is not actually healing that you need now i don't want to say too much about this because i've had an entire episode about it but i've learned that time does not heal all wounds if there is anything that i need to you know move towards is that if there's anything that i have to um what do you call it if there's anything that i have to 
um, deal with, then I have to, you know, get myself to doing it. I can't just let myself wallow in self-pity and say, oh, I'm waiting for the next 10 years. The pressure will cuckoo kill me. So if there's anything, any emotion you have to work towards, work towards it. Don't leave it to time. Don't leave it to time. Time is just a con. A, should I say a constant or what? It's just there. Time is just passing. It's just going. And in the next ten years, you discover that you've actually not moved on from anything because you're waiting for time to heal you. Time cannot heal you. Healing comes from one source, and it comes from also the work you're putting in in trying to get healed. So yes, guys, these are the twenty-two lessons that I have learned in twenty twenty-two. Hey, God, 2022 has been a great year. It has been amazing for us as a community. There's been so much growth and there's there's so much going on behind the scenes. A lot of things going on behind the scenes that just make me excited for the future, that just make me excited for the coming year and everything, you understand? So I am just super, super, super excited um, that this year is coming to an end and then we'll have time to like put all of these things together. So I'm just grateful to God for how far that he ha- for how far he has brought us this year and all the good things that he has done in our lives you know so um i hope that you have a merry christmas in advance and a prosperous new year i'm going to see you next year this is the final episode of 2022 and i hope that 2022 has been great for you as it was for us if there is any lesson here that you have learned personally that you relate with feel free to tell us about it feel free to talk to us about it and then maybe when we come back in 2022 we are going to talk about um you know all of that in our first episode for the year i'm super excited for this right you can hear it from my voice right always remember that i love you guys i love you guys so much with the whole of my heart and thank you so much for making this community a reality thank you for always being here for always coming back for always listening for always sharing for always sharing for always sharing i have so much to say i have so much to say and if i'm going to say everything that i want to say this podcast is not going to continue this episode is not going to continue so you can hear my excitement so yes have a blast i hope that you end this year on a very good note and 2023 starts better for you and always remember that i love you in the roughest miyaki community loves you as well thank you so much (laughs) merry christmas and happy new year in advance